man who put Clanfer PG on the map for Wales. He's flirted with the wrestler Adrian Street, and he'll make a song about anything. From Wirral, Merseyside, UK, meet and greet Don Woods. So, a uh, very good day to everybody. It's the 10th of January. And just as I'm saying that to myself, I'm thinking, whew, the year is already uh, accelerating. It seems as though it was just yesterday that we were talking about Christmas and the new year. Okay, so it's a bit on the nippy side today. It's uh, certainly not a bad day, but for me, I like it a little bit warmer. It's probably about, say, 12 degrees at the moment. The wind is blowing, and uh, to be honest with you, it's a bit nippy inside as well. So I've put my lifeboat jacket on, uh, which I'm <laughs> sure Don will pick up as we go across the mountain on the plane, two hours, and we reach Merseyside and Don Woods at Wirral Merseyside. Don, what's your weather like, and um, how are you today? I'm okay, mate. Uh, the weather's been cold. It was two degrees yesterday with the wind as well. Um, then it warmed up a bit in the afternoon. It's been cold for about about a week, and apparently it's going to go warmer. We're going to have a warm spell. It's going to go up to 10 degrees, so I'll be able to get me a costume, a swimming costume on, and uh, get out in the garden and lay down on, on the towel. With, with 10 degrees. That's hot here, 10 degrees. It's funny you're talking about um, going out, you know, and, and uh, maybe putting your swimming costume on, um, because there's a guy called Wim Hof. I think he's, he's either Dutch or Swedish or one of those nationalities. And what he in, it tries to uh, get people to do is um, practice deep breathing and certainly um, using cold water is another of his methods. Uh, very, very, very health-conscious man. Apparently, um, you know, a lot of people... Funny enough, <laughs> I've just realised where I'm remembering what I've seen. It was him talking on a podcast that was done by Novak Djokovic, who we're going to talk about this morning. And he was advising Novak Djokovic on his health and uh, some of the things that he does which, of course, is coming very much into focus with what's happening in Australia. So um, we'll start with that one, shall we, Don? Yeah, we certainly will. Um, this this is... It's been blanket news. Like this morning, it was half an hour of the news when it started because apparently Novak for whatever reason, isn't was not allowed to play in, in the final in Australia. For some reason, he got something wrong or somebody got something wrong. He hasn't had the jab, etc., etc. Now, this was on... Apparently, it, it, his appeal's been held now. He can now play. And everybody's uh, not happy over there because they're all locked down. And they think, why should he... Uh, be, be allowed to be different to anybody else. This is the problem, you see. Now, this is half an hour of the news this morning, literally, literally before any other news came on. It's a tennis match. That's all. It's sport. This thing belongs at the end of the news with the sport. It's not headline news. There's been a big fire in New York 
where people have been killed in this flat. And, and that, that gets about two minutes. And then it's back to Novak Djokovic. I mean, I'm a tennis fan, you know, and, and, and I think he's, he's got a, a massive talent. But, but if he's broken the, the sort of COVID rules, if you like, then, you know, where should he get away with it? And what annoys me with this sort of stuff is when they, they have a, a reporter out there and the reporter is placed right amongst all his uh, Djokovic's fans and they're all dancing round, doing a dance, you know, with all these posters, you know, let Djokovic play and all this. The majority of people in Australia are really brassed off. They don't want him in the country. That, that's the point. I think it was something like 65% of the population don't want him there. And But they show, they put, they, they, it's all care, carefully done. So it looks like everybody wants him there dancing. It's just a handful of people behind. Instead of going to the people who don't want him there, the news, oh, it's news. Look at these fools dancing around with, with posters. That's what annoys me. It's all one way. The news is so rigged to, to, to change everybody's mind. It doesn't make any difference to us in this country, one way or another, whether he plays or he doesn't. You know, but I think I think he's... I don't really know what I think, but what, what happens to these people who are very rich and very famous, they do something silly which can cost them an awful lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if, he, if, he gets, if he gets really up everybody's nose, and if he does end up playing and then just ignores people and turns out to be not a nice person, you're looking at advertising. You know, the advertisers will drop him. It'll cost him an awful lot of money, as it does with a lot of these, um, these celebrities. You see them come and go. They do so, like like Piers Morgan, big mouth. Must have cost him a fortune being that because he got kicked off the program, uh, which he was on every day. And you see things like that. That's what I think this might happen here. But at the end of the day, it's a game of tennis. It's not headlines. You know, there's there's far more important stuff going on. Stick it at the end. It's a tennis game. That's all. Don't. That's all. What you're, you know. what you're really saying is music to my ears because, you see, I've said for a long time that what they're doing is trying to disguise the way things are to get people talking and make people angry with each other over something they shouldn't be getting angry about because, quite frankly, you've highlighted exactly what I think. It's not headline news. And let's be honest, uh, he probably would win the tournament because there's very, very few people that can beat him. So you know what the Aussies are like. You know, um, it's it's good for the Aussies to win something now and again. Um, although if you looked at England playing against them in the cricket, uh, oh, England oh. just about managed to scrape a draw. And looking at the way it was presented to the British public, you think they just won the Ashes. Exactly. Not, I mean, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the thing for me, uh, I went to bed after seeing what we were going to talk about. And uh, funny enough, there was a guy in the state uh, Senate in the in America and he was talking to Dr. Fauci about um, the Wuhan um, business and the amount of funding 
that America had given the Wuhan uh, Institute over in um, China. And the one thing that was coming out loud and clear was the guy was both a very, very um, intelligent, well-spoken senator who seemed to know what he was talking about. He obviously had done his research, and he was uh, kept telling this Fauci guy that he had said in the Senate that nobody was giving money to the Wuhan lab for... And there was a f- the phrase that he was using uh, meant that it was uh, taking the, um, the, the, the virus of an animal and adding human elements to it. It was, it was not very nice to listen to, if I'm honest. It sounded like the work of the devil. It was that horrible. But this yeah. Fauci guy uh, just kept not answering the question and sounded so plausible. And this senator was really going for him. But this is exactly what I'm talking about because it, all that is really, really the sort of stuff that we we need to know a lot more about. The fact that Djokovic reckons that he's either had it or, as we know with a top tennis player or a top international anything, they look after themselves. So, again, you see, it's all about politics. It's not really about Djokovic and tennis. And um, it's about trying to get people against Djokovic before he plays his tennis. And I think it's it's a rather sadistic and uh, evil way that the news is being presented to everybody. You mentioned Piers Morgan, and I identified him many, many years ago as a sleeper for the Rupert Murdoch Corporation. Because when we were in America, um, people were telling us how much they disliked him over there. And yet, you know, he's put into situations where he was in the news in America, brought back to England and um, used again on TV where nobody else would get another mention. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, Don, which I don't like. I really hate it. And, you know, the bottom line is that they're trying to either get people to take these vaccines for some reason they're not really telling us or they've overproduced and they want to make money out of it or something is behind all of this. It's about the vaccine. It's not about the tennis, because if you think about it, would anybody really get a problem from Djokovic who's in the middle of a court, one side of a net away from everybody? No, I'm not buying into this one. I I think um, looking at Djokovic's lifestyle, looking at what I heard him talking about with this Wim Hof tells me that he has spent a lot of time trying to make sure he keeps himself fit and healthy. And um, I'm not buying into this nonsense that's happening in Australia. I think it's all about the politics. They wanted a high-profile figure. They've got one. And now they're trying to ram home this idea that everybody has to be vaccinated um, because they've got the right person that they can make an example of. That's my take on it. Back to you. you Well, that's fair enough if that's how you feel. You see, the thing is, He's had COVID and got over it. And, and then he's, next thing you see him out, shaking hands, talking to kids, signing books, signing things. See, what, what, what with the COVID here, the, the rate has gone up. Everybody's, see, I know people who, who, have, who have got it now who've, and, and 
over Christmas, so many people have got this, even though they've had the jab. But some people haven't had the jab. And they're the ones, apparently, who, who you know, the older people, the, the death rate's gone up. If you haven't had the jab and you get COVID and you're a certain age, you know, apparently, I don't know, you see, I don't know. But all I know is, I just, I've had the three jabs and that's it. I feel all right. And I keep away from people because like this time of the year, I used to get the flu, as, as I said in the past, and I, playing in the band because people will turn up when, when you're playing in the band. If they've paid for a ticket for New Year's Eve and they, they don't feel too good, oh, well, we, we pay, but we'll go anyway. You see, that people are like that. You go along and then you get it. And then next time you see him, oh, you've got what I had, you know. Yes, I know you <laughs> bloody give it me. But uh, it's, uh, you know, but that, you see, Djokovic, he, he's, a, he's a arrogant, really. Uh, and when he was on uh, Wimbledon, you know, he, he did something and people were booing him. And, and he, he shows him by winning it, which and I think that might be his mistake. You know, he doesn't mm. seem to be... Uh, I, I've I've always liked him. I, th I think he's great, but I think he he needs he, he's a bit misguided in places. I think, you know, with this, it'll be if, if he does play and the crowd are booing him and he does something silly like gives him a V sign or something, you know, that could seriously affect his career. Whether you know, I know he's got, if he wants to win this thing, so he's got ten. 10 wins or 10 with the record or something. But, you know, does that come into it? I don't know. I, I, do, I don't do you think he's think... that bright, you know, to be honest with you. I don't think he's that bright mm. as a bloke. That needs thinking out. And, see, the, the guy in Australia, the, the, I think it was the Prime Minister, he said rules are rules. You know, he's broken the rules. And that's the problem. If he has broken the rules then, you know, there's no answer to that because everybody in Australia is obeying the rules, locking down. And if he's broken the rules, then... And, and they let him off. Can you honestly think... Do you honestly believe that somebody of his position would uh, take the risk of lots of publicity uh, unless, basically, there's more to it? I mean, for me, if it was John Smith or Don Woods ranked 128th in the world, nobody would be even talking about this. They might say just one sentence, John Smith, Don Smith, Don Woods, Don Vince Tracy, whatever, um, ranked 128, was uh, entering the country to try and get in the tournament, but he was stopped at the, uh, at the border because he hadn't had a vaccination. End of story. It would not be on the news, which is really why I do urge everybody who I talk to to look at what the news is doing. It's making people from nothing want to fight each other over something that really is not proven to be a problem in the first place. So uh, I've got to say, by the way, uh, talking about, you know, doing New Year's Eve and all that sort of stuff that uh, we as entertainers did. I'm always with you uh, on what you say about the way people sneeze over you and the way people. Uh, I mean, even if you go to church, you know, you hear people sneezing and coughing and spluttering. And yeah. I, have to, I have to be honest, I think it's a great thing to have the masks on in a situation like that. Uh, I remember also with a friend, uh, we went to have a meal in a walk. Um, sometime last year 
and this fella was sneezing at the table next door but one to us and i was thinking you obviously don't have a don't give anything for other people sneezing like that i mean if you've got any sort of decency you'd get up from the table and you'd go outside or probably you wouldn't come in in the first place yeah, but you're talking about logic, aren't you, Vince? People aren't like that, are they? You know, there's going to be a shortage of toilet rolls, so out they go. You can't get into the supermarket for people piling hundreds of toilet rolls onto the supermarket trolley. That's what people are like. See, everyone says, oh, people are nice to each other. You know, it's me, 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 that's it. And I, and I watch the news and I can see right through it. All the time, it's yeah. it's planned to make these idiots fall for it. Yeah. You know, it, 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 there's nothing you can do about it because, as I've always said, people are still evolving. We yeah. assume we're all the same. We've we were we've all come through. We've all come from the apes or wherever we've come from at the same rate. We haven't. <laughs> there's still people who have just come out of the caves, in theory. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's how far back they are because. A lot of, not that there's anything wrong with that or I'm criticising it, but they can't see it. It's, it's self, self. Oh, like the, the shelves are empty over Christmas. The petrol thing was, was put on us by the news. The news is the problem. Yeah. And yeah. the, the, the media is the problem because they, they're, they're trying to keep their jobs. They don't see what damage they're actually doing. There's going to be a shortage of petrol. There wasn't a shortage of petrol. There was a shortage of drivers. And the queues for the petrol literally were, were half a mile to a mile long to go and get petrol. It, well, was, my... it was sad, mate. It was sad. You think, like, how stupid are you people to, to fall for this? If nobody had done that, it wouldn't have made any difference at all. Well, oh, no, then the media... And then the media just move on to something else. The media should be brought to task about a lot of things. Not not Novak Djokovic. The media well, should be taken well, again, to cover. Well, again, Don, you've hit the nail on the head because somebody in a studio has made that. And it's not just one studio, so let's be honest about it. We're not talking about one person. We're, start, we're talking about one person who starts this. So an editor has put that as a number one story and then all the other stations and newspapers are running with it as if it's headline news. So yeah, yeah. these are supposed to be intelligent people. Now, you know as well as I do, a lot of the top journalists are very, very smart people. So therefore, they must be getting their direction from somebody above them who are telling them, you've got to put a nonsense story because it's disguising other things. And I go to my friend Terry that makes another podcast with me this, uh, this week, later this week. Uh, Terry always says to me, follow the money. If you think about it, Dom, they've, right, produced, they've produced a lot of vaccine for the winter flu. We've fallen for this year in and year out. Um, so they've made this and suddenly they've now had to tell us there's no flu. So my guess is that somewhere in the mix, all that stuff that was produced to give people the flu jab for this year is now part of the um, of the vaccine programme and the fact they're now trying to push it through at a political level, um, giving it to children and just about anybody they can get their hands on. Um, and quite honestly, I'm not falling for it because, quite frankly, I know as well as anybody else um, that certain people will always get the flu 
and heavy colds at this time of the year. We've got it in our family, by the way, and uh, they, they've um, done the self-isolating bit, and they've both got over it in about three days. So I, I'm I'm going to go to the next art, uh, article because basically, um, you know, I think we're falling for the the hype of the news if we're not careful. So. Let's go again to another thing which they are definitely making very political, and this is energy. What have you got for me then? Yeah, I don't think it's so much political. I just think that I think the people in charge of the news, you, you assume they're clever. It's like, it's like managers in show business, if you like, and the television producers. You assume because they're there... They're clever, and and they're not. You know, they're not clever. You, you assume an MP is a clever fella, and he isn't. He's just like anybody else. That's the trouble. And and so I think with the news, they're scraping for news because it's on 24 hours a day, and they're scraping for news. And I think you've got a lot of young, probably young upstarts in in, in the in the in positions where you can say, oh, get someone over there. You know, there's going to be a flood. There's going to be a flood and in, in, in get someone standing on the top, What one of the newsreaders, so when it's blowing 100 miles an hour outside. It's just stupid, you know, what they do. And, and it, it's it's sensationalism all the time. And, and they, they, I think they get off on this. And it's wrong, you know, they, they, because it, it's stupid on this thing with the energy prices. What we get is the energy prices are going to increase by 50%. You know, they might do, you see. But they're telling us that's what's going to happen. 50% is going to go up. And then they tell us if you're paying £1,000 for your energy a year, it's going to be £1,500. It's going to cost you £500. And you have headlines like heating or eating. You've got to make a decision if you're a poor, low-paid family. I mean, it's just what good is that doing? You know, that really helps the situation, doesn't it? So people are now thinking because people are like sheep, as I've said, oh, we're going to starve or we're going to freeze to death. We've got, you know, what are we going to do? You see this? And it's all because of the media. What we don't know or what we don't seem to have been told is why they're going up to 50 percent. I don't know. I'm a, I've, I've heard it's something to do with Russia. Exactly. And something to do with um, uh, the nuclear. We haven't bought nuclear. You see, if you don't tell, I look up and then it is all going over my head. I don't understand what they're talking about. Or have I missed something? Well, let me help. You know, let, let me help because there's a couple of things. Uh, first of all, um, I don't, have you heard about this um, land slip on the coast in Brazil? Yeah. Have you seen it? Because I saw some footage of it on Spanish TV and it's horrendous. I mean, half a cliff seems to come down onto the boats below. Okay, so that should be in the news somewhere. I didn't see it. I didn't see it on the UK news, uh, but I did, did catch it on another obscure channel. So that's one thing. The second thing is in the paper and the and the television, uh, we have the editorial and then we have the sales. And therefore, every now and again, you have a decision that has to be made, wh- whether we put in this particular article, 
which nobody seems to think is like we're talking about? Um, or do we put in something um, uh, and cut out something like Brazil, which is not going to make us money, even though people have lost their lives there? So that's the sort of decision people are making all the time. Now, to go to the energy prices, Putin at the moment is uh, doing a bit of saber rattling. Uh, they were talking about nuclear war. They were talking about the borders between um, some of the Baltic states. They were talking about whether, uh, I think it's Finland, should join NATO. So this is really about Putin threatening to cut off at a political level. This is going on way above our heads. He's threatening to cut off the supplies so that we can't get maybe the gas and then that will ref reflect onto the electricity. And then, of course, you've got all the other political decisions being made that we can't, we're not party to. So therefore, what you see, what I see in the media is a drift coming along. We've had a go at the COVID. Looks like some people are getting a bit fed up with that now. We've had a go at the vaccines. It looks like some people are really beginning to kick back on that one. So what can we hit everybody with next? Let's go for energy prices. Everybody's got to keep the, the, the house warm, and especially the older people get the headline. Whoops, scribble it down. Uh, heat or eat. Oh, that's a great one. That'll go out well in the papers. You, you, you're right. It is, it is all about trying to frighten the public. And basically, you see the whisper. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're that clever, to be honest. I just think that they're out to sensationalise and put people fall for it. You see, if you watch that programme, Newswatch, you get people writing in, playing hell about the way the news is, is presented and, and how disgraceful the BBC are, the way they do it. They're writing in, people feel that way. And the answer is always the same. Oh, well, we think we've got it right. You know, we think that needs to be... See, that, that's the BBC. I've got no time for the BBC at all, as you probably know. Not, not, they're just hopeless, the BBC, news-wise. It's boring, the news. But, but you see, that's only my opinion. But that, I don't think they're that clever to try and manipulate people. It's just... Sent, I don't think they think... Oh, we've got a great headline, heating or eating. And then they, they move on to the next thing. They, they don't follow it up. It, and, they, and, and they just leave a mess behind them, like a dog in the park. A dog will go in the park, have a good time, and then leave a big mess on the grass and walk off. That's the BBC to me. But and, I, uh, I think you, know, you are a great example of somebody who I know is very intelligent, very, very successful, but because you've been so busy doing one thing in your life, the, the sort of things that I've been studying in my life and which hit me like a, 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 it's like a, a, a blinding thud on top of my head when I read some of this stuff. And when you look at really what's going on, um, it's all distraction. It's very, very, very clever, very, very manipulative. You're right. There are certain levels where maybe they're not so, so bright. But don't forget, always you're coming down from the top. Even when I worked on the newspapers, when I've worked, because I've worked on three newspapers, and I've worked on, obviously, a good number of radio stations now, and you always get the politics that come down from somebody coming in, and when you think you should be doing something uh, because you know it's right, 
they will tell you the reason why you've got to do something that you think is not right. Same in education. You know, you think to yourself, hang on, um, they're telling me now I've got to teach in this way. And then the excuses are, oh, yeah, but it's government uh, guidelines or something like that. Whereas my own conscience and my own education tells me this is not right. And I think this is part of it. I think you, 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 you've probably been so busy and so successful in other things that now you're beginning to look at some of these things with me and you come out with some beauties at times telling me exactly what exactly you've seen. And I'm thinking, yes, Don, you have seen it correctly. That's exactly what's going on. I mean, we've been manipulated on our li over our lifetime. The soaps, for example, have changed completely the way people are yeah. behaving yeah. and acting. It's been so subtle. There was a time when I thought it was just um, Redmond, you know, one of the uh, major script writers for the soaps. But, of course, it's, it's more than the, 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 the script writers. They will be given their directives about how to direct the scripts and, you know, where they want them to go. So this week we want you to address maybe something like um, abortion. So, you know, that's the issue. And you'll notice all the soaps, carry the same or similar storylines so then you can see that this is something that's being driven very very interesting it's always it's always once you see it you'll start thinking blimey that's exactly what's going on you know well, you, see, you see the people the people who watch soaps uh, uh, that that they're, they're the audience they're, they're the people you, you can do that too i don't watch soaps they're just rubbish you know, and I, I can't understand anybody watching soaps. To me, it's just it's it's badly acted. It's it's pathetic, really. You know, on the wall, a fella that 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 uh, East Enders thing. You know, I don't watch it. I don't know any of the characters. I don't watch Coronation Street or anything because it's rubbish. And and a lot of people think that way. But the people that watch it, they're the ones. You know, they're the ones where you could say. If I said, right, in fact, I've just come up with an idea. I, 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 you can buy energy in boxes in Tesco's. I guarantee you, you'd have people in there queuing to buy a box of energy. And they're the people that watch the soaps. <laughs> that's, that's how I see it. Oh, you know, you're right. A box of energy. A, box, a good idea, actually. A box of energy, um, £2 reduced to one ninety nine, they'd all be in there. But we do this, energy. we do this anyway, because you, you know you've got this uh, nonsense going on. Uh, people talking in kilo calories, they haven't got a clue what they really mean. And uh, you know, buy your buy your energy food here. Get your super energy drink. I remember seeing the contents of a, of an energy drink, and uh, a, a professor was showing you that really you'd be much better having a potato. So, yeah. you know, but but you're absolutely right. And very, very often uh, you can see quite honestly, even like by going to Benidorm, you've got people who pay good money to go on holiday to watch Coronation Street and EastEnders and all the okay. other stuff. Now, I had, a, I had a pal, just to interrupt you for the sorry to interrupt you. I had a pal, this is absolutely true, who said to me, I was in a real bad mood. This is going back a while. Real bad mood last night. 
he said, this bloke in, in, in uh, Coronation Street or whatever he was watching, he said, you know, he was a paedophile and he got off with it in court. <laughs> Me and my missus went to bed and we were really in a bad mood. And I said, it's a play, that's all. Yeah, yeah, but the point is, you know, he, he got off with it. You see, that's it. I thought, that's it. He, he, he thinks it's real. Well, I think you you see... That's absolutely, absolutely true, that. I'm not making that but up. But you're in an I'm area, not... you're in an area, you see, where you're, you're really reinforcing what I'm telling you. Because basically, if your friend was annoyed by it, then you can see that it's an issue that it does, it, it really does get to him. And we do know that paedophiles do get uh, away with their... The, look at Prince Andrew for, for a moment. I mean, you know, we don't know for sure whether he is guilty or w whether he isn't guilty. That's become like a soap opera. But going to your friend and the fact that he was so upset by it shows you the power of these groups of people who sit down and they'll say, we'll take an issue this week. So this week, oh, we take the paedophile and then the paedophile goes to court and he gets off. That'll get everybody going. We'll get the yeah. rate. It's um, all about the ratings, you see. And you know yeah. that anyway. Um, and then, you see, then you look at the reality. Now, Coronation Street is set in Manchester. EastEnders is set in London. Practically everybody from the area talks about the football teams. Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Everton. Four Premier teams that are on the TV every single week. Go to London. You've got all the Premier League teams down in London. There, on not once does anybody go into the Rovers and say anything about any of the football teams that we all relate to. But the same group of people will come back on that wrote the script, will come back on the telly and tell you we are addressing real issues. And the whole thing about the, the, the soaps has always been, do they promote these things or do they reflect things that are going on in society? And very often, nobody really knows for sure whether they're promoting it and therefore everybody starts... I mean, the, the obvious one is look at, these, look at the makeup of the cast now of a certainly Coronation Street. I never saw a black face in Coronation Street now You've got so families living there, which, I mean, it's a reflection of society. So th they have moved with the times in that respect because people would know sooner, sooner rather than later, you'd, somebody would have picked it up and then we'd have things going down the street, strikes because Coronation Street or whatever the uh, soap opera would have been um, would not have, you know, a mixture of ethnicity. If you look at em Emmerdale, now Emmerdale is more like an Asian community at the moment, and yet it's supposed to reflect a Yorkshire rural society. So I find the whole thing interesting. I don't really feel that um, a, a lot of it is maybe as honest as it could be, because everybody in life has an agenda. We've got an agenda. We'd like things to be nice. We'd like things to be better. We'd like things to be truthful. We don't want people um, injuring people and taking them, uh, you know, the mickey out of people. So, you know, we have an agenda. My agenda with all this is to spot what we're spotting. And I think the fact uh, that you've highlighted uh, these things is very interesting. 
I think I think people should just wisen up. So I, I can't comment on the soaps because I don't watch any of them at all. Any, I just they're of no interest whatsoever to me the soaps because you know you, you if you want you watch the news if if well the news is this is bad, but you see you you you, you can have something like Friends the series Friends, that's great, brilliant writing, very funny. You don't notice. That, that I don't know whether there is blackface and I wouldn't know, but you don't notice that because it doesn't matter because it's a great script that in one place, like, like similar things, like um, we, have, we have other, like Father Ted, you know, it, it's very, very funny, really worth watching. And Friends is a series. It, it, it's like Coronation Street. It goes from what it, it carries on. But it's funny. There's no political stuff. We don't want, we don't want that thrown at us when I want to be entertained. The soaps is just depressing. I don't watch them. I've, I haven't watched, well, I used I watched it when it came out when uh, Coronation Street started. You know that was it with Minnie Caldwell and all that. But that, that was because I had no choice then. You know because me me dad used to want to want to watch it. But now I, I don't watch. I watch these excerpts come on now and again, and all they do is scream at each other. And throwing things at each other, and you know, who wants to watch that garbage? Not Look, me. You know, it's it's tripe. I, I, I have to be very respectful of the fact that my good lady watches. This. <laughs> no, no. And tell, tell her I'm sorry. Tell him I'm sorry. Yeah, but that. but yeah, but the serious point is, I sit down and I'm watching what's going on. Really, I'm working on my computer. I don't really, I don't watch them avidly. Um, you know, every now and again, I ask, uh, "Who's that? What does? What's the part does he play in it?" Because I don't know, but I'm looking at the little plots that are developing all the time. I mean, Emmerdale at the moment have got a horrible girl who reckons that I think she's been a, a nurse and she's um, killing people. And to be honest with you, if the if the public can see that she can do it. You're not going to tell me there's there's not an odd psycho round and about this thing in England. That's a good little thing for me to do. Yeah, you're right. Don, Absolutely right. Don, and I, the point is, the point is they're actors, aren't they? They're actors, and people think they're real. Absolutely. You know, sort of, like my mate, he thinks it. They're actors. That's all. Well, one minute they're they're throwing throwing cups at each other across the kitchen. Next minute they're they're on a, a quiz show. You know, well, look, it's just absolutely well, but, but people will fall for it. They're there for the taking. But as there's, I've another, always said. there's another people little thing. There's another little thing. I'm sure the minute I point this out to you, you will agree with me. We used to have prizes which were okay, they were worth winning. Say, you know, maybe if you could get a thousand pounds, it was great. And then about 15, maybe 20 years ago, suddenly. The prices went through the roof. You got phenomenal prices, like on Dickinson's Deal now, which is all yeah. the you know the the antiques and everything. Uh, this week they're running a prize a hundred thousand pounds. Now, yeah. suddenly the work ethic is being eroded. That's what's going on because people are dreaming of winning 
a thousand, hundred thousand pound on that. Fifty thousand pound if they can cock the leg over uh, a, a stupid cube uh, with Philip Sc uh, Schofield's program. Um, hit the wall and get a stack of money uh, all dribbling down. Uh, you know because they they managed to get a ball that swings from one end to the other and back without maybe going in the wrong place. I mean all this is part of a big picture. If other people don't see it, I do. And the big picture is that if you're going to find capitalism against communism, which is part of everything, then one way that they are trying to stop the West is to defeat the work ethic. Get people thinking that maybe, you know, going out on a cold day, doing... Look at the stuff that people have done over our lifetimes. We've had people going out, doing all sorts of jobs, in all sorts of weather, a brilliant, brilliant generation or two that have really worked hard. And now we've got all these snowflakes that have go, got to stay at home if they get a sniffle, you know, uh, because basically uh, they're being told uh, they might spread a germ. They've spread germs for throughout their life. Okay, it's a big picture, Don. Sometimes we see part of it, sometimes we see all of it. And I'm afraid people like me, because I went and sat in uh, looking at these types of things and studying them, I have a, quite a good insight. You've got another piece of news, which is, again, it's part of the same thing. Tell us about this one. You couldn't write this. You couldn't make this up. It's this... It's a, the news is about it's a gay Irish bloke who wanted a wedding cake made for him and his future husband. Um, he wanted a cake with two, the two of them set in icing on the top of the cake, right? So he goes to this cake shop who refused to make it because of their religious beliefs. Right, so this Irish guy considered he was being discriminated against, you know, for goodness sake. Anyway, it, it gets better, this. He, he is considering taking it to the human rights now. He's took it to court, this, first off, and he lost the case because they didn't want to make the cake because of their religious beliefs. Right, OK, and we're there. Takes it to court, loses the case, takes it to a tribune or whatever, loses that one. He's now going to take it to the human rights and hopefully he'll lose that case and hopefully lose his house. I hope so, because the fella is a fool. As I say, what people don't understand these days, and I worked in trading standards, so I, I used to come across this all the time. When you buy something, people, it's a contract. You, you buy something, and with a contract... You have to have an offer and acceptance. You make an offer, whoever you're making the offer to accepts it, the contract is done, and that's it. That's a sale. Now, what people don't understand is the buyer makes the offer. So in this case, what the, what the cake shop should have just said was, no, we're not doing it. Not because of our religious beliefs. They should have just said, we're not doing it. You know, don't give any reason. You don't have to give a reason. That's where they went wrong. See, in a shop, in a shop, where, what you used to get is uh, people would go in a supermarket. They'd take the price of one item, which say, which, which was uh, 
say they're looking at an item for a fiver. They go to another item, take peel that off, a two pound, and put that on it, and then go to the till. That, that, that's 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 the level some people stoop to, you know. So the shop, you know, is losing money. Now, if somebody puts something in a window in a shop, and it's got a price on it, that is not an offer. They're not offering it to you. You go in and make the offer. What they're doing with that is it's called an invitation to treat. And so when they put something in the window, they're inviting you to make an offer. You go in and make the offer and they either accept it or refuse it. So what what the supermarkets used to do, I used to tell them and shops used to tell them, don't say it's a mistake. You know, the price, say you put something in the window and you it's 20 quid and you put two quid on by mistake. So, I, you know, they come and I want that for two quid because it's in the window for two quid. You see, they don't have to sell it, you know, but don't say it, it's a mistake because then it becomes a false trade description. You know, just say it, it's correct. The price is correct, but we're not selling it to you. So there's no there's no acceptance. That's where people go wrong. And I used to tell shops this, don't tell people it's a mistake. Just say you're not selling it. You don't have to give them a reason. They, they make the offer. You ex either accept it or refuse it. If you refuse it, there's no... See, people don't know that. And shops don't know that. People in trade, you know, okay. they, they think you know, that, that's the problem. Don, you've, you've again, you've totally illustrated what I was thinking. You're absolutely right. You know the law, you've worked as a trading standard officer, and therefore you can advise us regarding that side of this story. You, now, th there's no doubt in my mind, I know what you did, and I know that you were very good at what you did, and I did know aspects of that anyway. But having said that, you've explained it so clearly, that was great. I look at this story, and my first thoughts are, this guy has obviously got the strength of maybe gay rights or some organisation behind him. It's to do with being gay, this. It's nothing to do with the cake anymore. Yeah, because if, right. if it was really that important, he would have gone to the next town, gone into the cake shop, said, look, you know, um, I've got this cake and I want it to be made, blah-de-blah, -blah, and if somebody uh, there had said it, then life would have gone on. This is now, he is having a go at this particular guy and his religion and his faith, his beliefs and everything else. And he wants to probably bankrupt him. Well, he can't have his cake and eat it, can he? I mean, uh, he, you know, if the, guy, if the guy has got strong feelings, as I would have in certain things, but if I was with a good friend like you and you, you advise me, that you, you might be better to just say, you know, uh, you can't do it or something like that, um, you know, and don't offer it as a contract. And therefore, it's the end of the story. Um, but this has developed. I mean, this has been going for donkey's years. You know, I, I, it's down in Cornwall, isn't it? I think um, I, I'm almost certain it's down near Cornwall if it's not in Cornwall. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But the th see, the thing is, these days, all this gay rights, you know, just get on with it. You know, you, you've got to, if you, you've, I've got, you've got to apologise if you're white and straight. Oh, I'm sorry I'm white and I'm sorry I'm straight. Mm. You know, it's because I'm black. No, it isn't. If a bloke's an idiot, he's an idiot. You know, I don't look at people in that way at all because I, I wouldn't have even thought about it. They had a girl 
who's just walked across the North Pole or something. She's walked miles. And on the news, it said, this is the first black girl to walk across the North Pole. What's that got to do with it? And this came up, actually, on Newswatch. The, the, the people writing in saying, what's that got to do with it? It's just the girl who, who, who's, who's done this wonderful feat, yeah. you know. But they have to throw that bit in. It's yeah, it, it's the first black girl that's done it. You know, it, it's stupid, isn't it? And, and I mean, nowadays, people are half half cast, if you can call them that, Harvey Harvey, you know, they've got a white white parent and a black parent, and you don't even notice, and then you get someone like this fella, gay right, oh, I'm being discriminated, just get on with it, you know, we're not interested. Well, you're so right, you're so right, because, I, you know, every now and again, they refer to somebody as black, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... I don't see this person as a black person. No. You know, because basically, um, you know, I've got lots of black friends, as you, you, you have. Um, and quite honestly, uh, my life has been uh, every bit embellished by black friends as white friends. It doesn't really matter. We've never thought about that. Same with the gay thing. I mean, you know, um, I'm not gay. Um, I don't mix in those circles. But I've got some very nice gay friends. And uh, again, it's a different way of, of looking at certain things. I come from a totally different educational perspective of, of the whole thing. Um, and therefore, I'll see things differently. But Well, you see, the thing is, it's America, isn't it? See, in America, the black people were taken into America to work on going back in history. They were treated rubbish. You know, they were treated really badly in America. And, but you see, it carries over. To here, here it's not like that. You know, we've had we've had we had slavery in Liverpool, which was which which is gone, long gone, and and you, you don't even notice it. Like I, you look at someone like Muhammad Ali, you don't think, oh, he's black. You know, he's Muhammad Ali, isn't he? That's, That's him. Exactly right. But you see, it's carried over from America. I can understand it, I suppose, in America, why the black people are really, you know, upset, but. It, it, it's only happened there, and you don't understand why, but it's carried over here and everywhere else, and everybody's now, oh, let's all jump on the bandwagon. Okay, Don, Don, I've got to, be, got to be firm here. We're 49 minutes into this podcast, and you have not right. told me about The Apprentice. Oh, right. Uh, the Apprentice. Uh, I, I thought I won't bother watching it because I can't be bothered with Lord Sugar swanning in like uh, like the law like god you know into the boardroom but i watched it the first one in the series and i must say it's really funny mate you've got to watch this it's uh you know lord sugar comes in and uh, good morning good morning lords all these young hopefuls yeah which yeah. is great and it's always great to see somebody um one of these wise lads who, who think he's going to make a fortune being shot down in flames by Lord Sugar. It's great. So that's that's what I, I want you to watch. And uh, that's it, basically, on that, if you want me no, to I, hurry. I, I, do, <laughs> I, I do like that programme. And uh, I'm sorry that uh, we've got to try and get the last oh, yeah, 10 minutes. Nice. Um, okay. Because, basically, I, I, do, uh, I don't always agree with Alan Sugar. I don't particularly always like to re talk about him as Lord Sugar. He's made yeah. his money out of his computers, and uh, he has certain things that he's good at. So basically, again, you know, it's the money thing, isn't it? But I do like The Apprentice as a programme. And, um, 
we've got two things I want to try and finish off with. Now, first of all, was you listening to a particular lady singer? So who is she? Will that will that masked singer uncover her mask, please? <laughs> Leona Lewis. I was listening to her on the ra- on, my, on my radio. Pulled in my path, and it was on. And I actually sat in the car till it finished. What a great voice she's got! What a and and she she vanished off the scene, didn't she? She won the X Factor. Uh, who's the who's the bloke on the X Factor? What's his name? Simon the, the, Cowell. Yeah, Cowell. It, it, she she left him, didn't she? She she back healed him, and you haven't heard of her since, really. You don't hear much of her. But what a fantastic voice! She's up there with the greats, mate. Which brings me to <laughs> one of the worst records ever made on the exact opposite end of the scale. It features once again. Yoko Ono, ladies and gentlemen, it is called Warzone. You have to hear this to believe it. Uh, there's not a lot you can say about it, really. You know, it's beyond me. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's good. I don't know. No, Maybe listen, it's a listen. I you, don't know. Because, obviously, you asked me to look at this song, I went and heard it. And I thought at the time, oh, my God, this is awful. And... You know, immediately, um, if you're talking about a war song, Edwin Starr, war, what is it good for? Absolutely yeah. not. I mean, to me a favour. I think the sentiment is that uh, it was quite good, actually. I think that some of what she was trying to say made a bit of sense. But she has never, ever, in a month of Sundays, got a voice. And if she'd never met John Lennon, I wonder how much anybody would take notice of uh, that side of what she proclaims to be talent. As far as a painting goes, again, I think painters as a form of the arts are so weird anyway that it's very, very difficult to always understand what they're trying to achieve and where they're coming from. Yeah. I, I will say one thing about Yoko Ono, because basically, you know, it's easy to be critical. She has been consistent with uh, John Lennon, she was always give peace a chance and let's have a loving in bed and all that sort of thing. But to my mind, she did um, she didn't really enhance him as a as somebody that really was a mega performer. So I'm not the biggest fan of, of her in that. I can't understand what, why he didn't tell her. I mean, he's a musician, you know, he knows his music, and some of the songs she's made, she's just squawking. You know, you'd think he'd have said that's rubbish. That's that's terrible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. But there you go. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But it's no, just no. You're terrible. not wrong. You, you're not wrong. Uh, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's like things we'll talk about. We will get disagreement on now and again, uh, which is healthy. But uh, when you're talking about people that can sing, you can sing. I can sing. I don't profess to be anything other than a singer. She obviously thinks that she can sing. And quite frankly, um, I've heard better animal noises coming from, you know, the middle of a forest as she as well. Our, our listeners are going to hear this in a minute. I thought at the time when I got it, I thought, would it be any worse than the other Yoko Ono song that we heard last time? And I thought... Give it a chance. Don't try not to be too critical. I played it and I thought, my God, somebody, somebody was with her when she did this. There were producers. There were people, allegedly other musicians. And she was in a studio. How she has 
the effrontery to actually put it together. There's only one thing that uh, I can really equate with this, and, and that is she's driven by peace. And I've got to say, I can't disagree with that, Don. And if she can find a way to maybe get people to think about being more peaceful, then let's give peace a chance. That's probably the only thing I can say. But as far as the song goes, you've excelled yourself. I I thought, you know. You should keep politics out of music. Music's music, you know. And, of course, the the backing tracks, the the people backing her, obviously, are making money, aren't they? The record company's making money, you know, for having her there. But it's rubbish. You but know, money, keep politics out of music. Yeah, music the, should entertain. No, I, I agree with you. But the thing is, if you go to the 80s, the whole thing was about being gay and coming out and all that sort of stuff. And it was rubbish, wasn't it? Well, it was, actually. It was. Rubbish, it was it? If the machines hadn't taken over, you know, I think the playing was certainly not better. But uh, obviously there were some good songs came out of it. And the trouble is, when you try to make a general comment, there's always an exception. So uh, let's get you to uh, do the in the time honored tradition. I'd like you to be very charitable in the way you do this. Don't um, don't be too dismissive of an artist who is of an eminence. She did she does manage to get herself in the press all the time. So maybe it's all been another Novak Djokovic situation. <laughs> Don, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, the female Novak Djokovic. Yoko Ono will now sing possibly one of the worst records ever made, and it's called Warzone. Okay, just before I put this on, I've got to say secretly, now, Don, I I, I can tell there's a twinkle in your eyes. I think, really, that you've become a fan of Yoko. Would I be right? (laughs) I think, no, seriously, I thought the first time was once. But, I mean, this is twice now, and and I think that, really, there's something has got into your bloodstream to do with Yoko Ono. You're tell, you'll be telling me next I like the Smiths because I put them on twice. They're as bad. You see, I, I've nothing against it. If anyone can make money, great. You know, ah, shut up your face, great. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I, I, I don't have to like it. You see, I couldn't stand uh, the flower power or all that rubbish. You know, love and peace, man. Oh, you know, free love and all that garbage. And I, I said to some young lads uh, a while back when I was doing the restaurant, the, the kids there, and I said, you know, you look back and they said, oh, it must have been great in the 60s, all this sex, drugs and rock and roll. I said, it was the same as now. So we just got drunk. I couldn't tell you what a drug looks like. They couldn't believe this. And I said, you know that lot at the end of the 60s who were love and peace, man, and all that? I said, you know what idiots they look like now? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, they look like idiots then to me with all the flower power and all that garbage. I said, you know, but then again, I'm a rocker. I'm a rock and roller, you know, and I, I play I play anything which makes me money. All right, you know, Dom. I, you say you... I write, I write songs from the heart, as, as, as we discussed with, with on the thing. You know, I can write songs about we'll live from the heart, but anything else that makes money like the Adrian Street stuff, violence is golden. I'll write that because it's going to make me a few bob. Okay, you say you can sing anything. Could you sing this song that I'm going to play now? Yes or no? Uh, no.
Please help us. <laughs> 